Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Va a llegar el gol del Arsenal Ophil. Marca Mesut Ophil. ¡Gol! ¡Marginelli! ¡Eduard Arsenal! This is Arscast Extra. Hello and welcome to another Arsecast Extra, as always, with James from Gunnerblog. James, goodly morning to you. Goodly morning to you too. How is the uh, winter break, as it's termed, treating you? Um, well, I still don't have a kitchen. Right. <laughs> okay. So you know that's a bit of a that's a bit of a thing. Um, How are you subsisting? How are you eating? Takeaways and sort of. You know, An going out, diet. yeah. The sort of local cafes and stuff like that are doing a doing a roaring trade. Uh, I went to have my breakfast this morning in Matt the Rashers, which is uh, a very famous breakfast place around here. Great breakfast, it has to be said. And of course, you get all the benefits of listening to to other people. You know, when you work from home, you work on your own. Uh, you, you don't have that sort of water cooler type thing. You know, the conversations that people have. And there were two guys this morning talking about the Oscars um, Ah. sitting at a table the other way. Two men, like, in their 60s, 70s. And uh, they were talking about Joaquin Phoenix winning for for Joker. And he was like, powerful, powerful performance. It was a great film and a powerful performance. Now, The Irishman, that was a load of me old bollocks, that was. So it was (laughs) fascinating to hear what the man on the street thought (laughs) thought of the Oscars. Interesting. Have they seen Parasite? Did you manage to work that one out? They they mentioned it, but neither of them had seen it. So I okay. haven't seen it yet either. No, um, nor I. So I'm looking forward to to watching it at some point. Where where I get, when I can figure out where to get it. It's one of those. Is it in the cinema? Is it on Amazon? Where is it? And how do I see it? Or do I just download it um, from a place? A place. A, a place. magic place. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, no, I've just watched, been watching the news about the Oscars, actually. Everybody's celebrating that someone wore a suit for the second time or something like that. It's kind of mad, isn't oh, it? But- I saw a great tweet this morning uh, where Jane Fonda said she was going to the Oscars wearing ethically harvested gold. <laughs> Head to toe in it. Oh, absolutely. Head to toe. Well, thank goodness for that ethically harvested gold. The world is I in know, a, a she's better place. It. She's slumming it with the likes of us now. Yeah. Um, you know, with our ethically harvested minerals. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, it is another world entirely, but there you go. Um, but no, I. Uh, I've, it's been weird, the winter break. And obviously we had... The storm. Did you guys, you must have had the storm Fuck well. yeah, we had the storm. I woke up yesterday morning and thought, okay, it's kind of passed us over. This is great mm. because it was a bit of wild and wet and windy weather during the night. But you know the way you hear it in your sleep. And I find it kind of comforting to listen to storms outside when I'm asleep in bed. I think there's something quite nice about that. But um, 
at about nine o'clock, uh, we had the biggest rain, rainstorm I've ever seen here in Ireland. Wow. Ever. It like was a tropical downpour. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like the rain that uh, you used to see or I used to see when I lived in Spain when it would just fucking... It was Collapse just like, out yeah, of the sky. Collapse out of the sky. That's a brilliant way of putting it. Uh, our shed flooded twice, which is really unfortunate, but there you go. Um, we had the storm. We had the winds. Did you... You weren't sort of blown into the side of a building or you didn't no, get no, I hit, by, hit by a, you know, a, a, a road sign that had been uh, swept off <laughs> by no, the high breeze. Somehow survived. It was actually not too bad in London. I think north of England got the worst of it. Although, you know, they called off the Man City West Ham game yesterday. Mm. I knew a few West Ham fans who travelled up and oh. uh, they travelled up the night before, believe it or not. And well, apparently yeah. by sort of 1 or 2 p.m., it was like a beautiful day in Manchester, but the football had been cancelled, so they were uh, understandably disappointed. But uh, it was, uh, yeah, intense. But in this part of the country, we really got away with it. So yeah, it was it was quite bad. funny because there was a Ireland Wales rugby match here on yeah. on Saturday, and it wasn't it wasn't a warm day by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, it was quite cold, and town the city centre was replete with Welshmen. Wearing oh hello, wearing just um, just rugby shirts, right? Just the sirens were, were for the Welshmen. The, the sound of Welshmen and then police sirens immediately. Yeah. What are they doing? I don't uh, know. Just rugby shirts. Just so, rugby shirts, and they're all wandering around, sort of doing that thing where you want you're sort of holding holding your arms because you're cold. And it was like nothing from the waist down. <laughs> French naked. <laughs> French naked. <laughs> No, in fairness, they did have the good grace to wear pants uh, okay. and stuff like that. But I was just thinking, like, chaps, it's February in Ireland. Wear yeah. a jacket or wear some jacket. kind of fleecy thing, at least, and put your if you put must. your rugby shirt on over that. Exactly, yeah. Go with that as, as the outside layer. But, you know, have the jacket open. We'll, we'll understand your affiliation. They've taken it way too far. I think, um, I think you know, for, for, there's a sort of um, something missing. When people come from England and Wales and, and possibly Scotland, I can't uh, uh, speak to that exactly, but stag weekends in Dublin, you always see the lads, the English lads, wandering around in their sort of shirts, just shirts, mm. at night, and it's minus two outside. And they're all wandering around like fucking freezing. And I'm just wondering, what do they think the weather is going to be like when they get to Dublin? What is it? Why don't people wear coats? I don't know. I don't know. Something is missing, and it, it's the coats, isn't it? Crucially, it's the coats. The coats um, or the awareness that you need to wear coats. You need a jacket yes, in Ireland. One of those two things. Yeah. Or both, I suppose, in some situations. Uh, but, I mean, one of the weird consequences, I don't know if you've had this experience of this kind of winter break. I keep nearly calling it an international break, but it's not an international it's break. It's the winter lull. It's the winter lull, exactly. Uh, is that it makes me kind of appreciate football more. So, like, when a match is on, you know, I am actually interested in it, whereas usually I'm a bit yeah. sort of saturated by Premier League football. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I watched some on the other day, whoever was on on Saturday. Everton, was it? Yeah, Everton, uh, they won, didn't they? 3-1 against somebody. Yeah. I watched a bit of that, I think. Who did they? Who did they beat? Watford. Charleston scored a good goal. No, no. Watford played. 
somebody else. They played. Brighton. Well, it shows you how shows you how much that game. Like stuck I say, in my mind. we've really invested more in the Premier League <laughs> during this winter lull. Crystal uh, Palace. That was it. That was it. And Everton have actually had a quite a good run, haven't they, under Ancelotti? Yeah, yeah. I saw a few people saying, hmm, should we have gone for Ancelotti over Arteta? He has like 17 points since he took over as manager. Arteta only has has eight. Mm. I mean, I think uh, it, I mean, the, the answer is obvious, isn't it? We sack Arteta right now and we bring yeah. in Ancelotti. I think it's time. Yeah. We pay Everton whatever it takes. He's had a good run, Ancelotti. in fairness, Arteta. He had a good go at it. He did fine. Just have to chalk it down to experience and move on. This is how we do That's things it. now. You know, it's been a learning curve for everybody, uh, but it's time to put a bullet in him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Metaphorically, James. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It depends on the next result. But, uh, yeah, all the players are in Dubai. Um, I mean, and not just our players, all the players. Every footballer has gone to Dubai, as far as I can tell. Have they? Like, mm. I mean, they've gone on, the ones who are on, like, a, on the break have gone for some, some holiday time. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, Dubai is chock full of footballers. Um, if you go on Instagram and look at almost any Premier League footballer, it's like they've convened for some sort of conference, genuinely, uh, by a pool in Dubai. I mean, I know it's not that far away in the grand scheme of things, but, you know, aren't there better places to go if you're a Premier League footballer and you've got all the money in the world and you can stay in good hotels and, you know, fly business class and all that kind of stuff? Isn't it, like, somewhere better? I mean, I don't know because I've I've not been to Dubai and I'm sure there are things about it. I, I'm told that footballers like it because they sort of don't get dis- disturbed too much. Uh, they can, okay, yeah. You know, they don't get hassled there um, and it's sort of convenient. Everything that they require is there. If they want to train, gym facilities are really good. But it's also part of like the fact that all footballers now are sort of growing towards the same midpoint. They're all identical, basically. They all get the same haircut, the same tattoos, they go on the same holidays, and that's what footballers are like these days. You're saying we need new footballers? I'm saying we've got to love the ones who break the mould. I, I want to know where is the footballer who's gone to Dublin without a coat? Do you know what I mean? On his yeah. holiday. I want to find the footballer who is like, um, I'm, I'm not going to go to Dubai, I'm going to go to... I don't know, somewhere, anywhere, Belgium, Liège. I'm going to go and look at some art in Belgium. Where's that footballer? It's a good question. I don't know who it is. Is it any of our players? Well, no, because they're all in Dubai. But they have to be. And they've taken all their, you know, friends and family with them. I mean, uh, Nicola Pepe was travelling with a a crew of about 10 people, as far as I could tell. Really? Uh, Incredible. Yeah, Yeah. I did see him with a lion. Yeah, and a lion. He took a lion as well on a lead. It's quite um, good. Yeah. I, I mean, he knows how to live, that boy. Uh, and who else? I mean, they all went out a few days before. So, you know, Bamiyang went with his family and Joe Willett went with his mates, Reese Nelson with some of his mates. They went there four or five days before training started and were just, you know, 
What Chilling. You, what, what, what do you think about the few days off thing? Because I did see a number of comments, <laughs> and there are quite a few like, you know, oh, we've been playing so shit all season, and you give them days off? That's not going to teach them anything. These guys need to, you know, learn some hard graft. Get down the mines like our grandfathers. That made men out of them. None of this yeah. namby-pamby nonsense of going on sunshine holidays and we're paying for it. What is the world coming to? You know, the, the idea that probably we should execute a couple of the players in front of the rest of the squad just to teach them a lesson. Just show them, hey, this lack of standards will not will not be acceptable. If you don't pull your finger out of your arse, you know, there's going to be a big problem here. Well, this is going to enormously surprise everyone, but I'm actually okay with it. I, I, I mean, especially when you think, you know, we're just coming out the other side of that Christmas New Year period in which they don't get that time off and they don't get time with their families. I think for them to have what it was, is like four or five days respite, I think is absolutely fair enough, don't you? Yeah, I don't really have a, a problem with it. I know, uh, you know, there, there's probably little sympathy when Mikel Arteta says that the, the, the players have had a tough couple of months. And, mm. you know, if you're just looking at it through the prism of results, I get that. I get that, you know, you might not be uh, overly sympathetic to that idea. But, you know, I would say the Unai Emery, uh, the last while of the Unai Emery regime, if not a bit more, was difficult, was tough for the players. Uh, and clearly they, they didn't produce on the pitch and it's not to excuse them in any way but I, I don't think it was a happy healthy work environment for anybody um, mm -hmm. you know Freddie came in and then Mikel Arteta came in and we have the festive period and Mikel Arteta is looking for uh, so much more demanding more from his players physically mentally all those kind of things you know I think it has been difficult for them you know on, on a very human level on the they're paid loads of money and they're, they're elite sports people we shouldn't have any sympathy for them over anything that they do ever ever you know, maybe not, but then that's a strange outlook to take. You know, you do have to remember they are people, they are human. They do um, uh, have some of the same problems and issues that we have. Um, they're just much richer than we are. Um, you know, so I, I'm okay with it. I don't mind them having a couple of days off. Um, I, I don't think the idea of uh, training camp away is is a bad one either. I think Arteta spoke about how the, the players could be, you know, together at all times. There'd be a bit more squad interaction, all those kind of things. You know, we, we've got to see, in fairness, we've got to see some kind of benefit from it when we start playing again. But, you know, I, I think we have to we have to be realistic and, and think about ways that people get motivated. Um, you know, the, the stick is is a is a powerful tool. But if you use the stick all the time, then the donkey becomes vicious. Yeah, the stick is a powerful tool, but the carrot is delicious. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think, you know, imagine telling those players who've been promised four days off and know that every other team in the Premier League is going to have some time off in that period. By the way, guys, you're not getting to go to Dubai or you're not getting any time off. I just think they'd be so crestfallen. I don't think that would be a positive environment. <laughs> yeah, we've got uh, double sessions of video analysis every day. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're doing. That's your that's mm, your. Oh, like they'll, they'll be raring to go. They'll be chomping at the bit. Yeah. I don't think so. So I think yeah, it's absolutely reasonable. And to be honest, with all the Arsenal players being out in Dubai, I did think surely you know the Athletic could do with me being their their man on the ground. Yeah, but the call never came. They needed someone to go to Burnley. Oh, I was there, but Dubai, no. So sat here in Storm Kiara. Incredible. Kira, Kira. 
Yeah. I, I'm so confused. There's pe- in England, people are pronouncing that name about five different ways. I've heard Kira, Kiara, Ciara, uh, Sierra, uh, and others. But well, we're going with Kira, are we? Yeah, well, that's how you pronounce it. It's, a, it's an okay. Irish name. Um, okay. I, I know that there are issues with um, some Irish names and their pronunciation versus their, you know, their spelling or what you might perceive their spelling to be. But sure. yeah, it's Storm Kira. Siobhan, et cetera. Yeah, Siobhan, all, all those. Uh, all the, there are many that we could go through, but yeah, it's Storm Kira. So, Kira. yeah, okay. Kira, that's it. That's the name. So the boys are in Dubai, and, um, you know, like you, I haven't really watched much of the hashtag content uh, mm. that, that came out. I looked at some of the pictures yesterday. I, d- I wrote on the blog on Sunday about that. I wrote about uh, Kieran Tierney's enormous thighs. Huge. They, Huge. They are they're weapons of mass destruction. With their Roberto Carlos-esque, aren't they? They I mean, really it- are. We must breed him with Jack Grealish to create the ultimate massive-legged footballer. I wonder, could that that footballer actually run Walk. or kick a ball because of the uh, just yeah. the bulk of the legs would be too much? It would be very, very difficult. Mm. But it doesn't stop me wanting to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the what was the, what was the movie um, where he crossbred all the animals and the shit. island of Doctor Moreau. The island of Doctor Moreau. That's exactly it. So maybe we could do that with footballers. We could have Kieran Tierney and uh, Jack Grealish to make the the monster legs. What would mm. we do for a torso? Whose torso would we? Don't, don't say know. Ronaldo. I th- well, it would be interesting to sort of take someone who is incredibly big, like said Klasnach, but mix it with Raheem Sterling with his tiny dinosaur arms and see what you've got. You might just get a very <laughs> muscular torso with like little hands poking out of the side. Good for balance. Not exactly. good for throw-ins, though. Not good if you fall over as well. How do you get back to your feet? You need your teammates to pick you up, very literally. Yeah. Unless you had massive bulky legs with which That's to good. spring... Can Raheem Sterling take a legal throw in? Like, do his arms go back far enough behind his head? Do you know what? I never noticed that Raheem Sterling had tiny arms. Does he? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's more, to be fair, I'll, I'll be fair to Raheem, it's more oh. how he holds them. Right. He When he runs, he There's sort a, of... A bit of the Van Persie, is it? Yeah, imagine, like, with your arms doing, like, chicken, folding them to make, like, little wings. If you were going to sing the birdie song, for example. Yeah. He runs like that. So his hands are just sort of protruding like a velociraptor. Okay. Or a T-Rex. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, Anyhow, shall we watch this train? Seeing as we've been so starved of football. Yeah. Shall we watch this shooting drill video? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm going to I'm going to press play at the same time as you and we can just sort of commentate on this video. It's it's from the uh, official Arsenal website. It's on their YouTube. It's drills 1v1 and a Martinelli madness. Well, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Okay, let's press play on 3 2 1 and we're playing. Okay. <gasps> Ooh, sprinklers. It looks hot. Does Ganduzi might be regretting having all that hair in this heat. There's Saka doing some elastic bandies. He's worshipping the sun. There's Hector Bellerin just lying down. Some this s- is fantastic. Slow motion hopping here. Reese Nelson looking on in awe. 
There's Martinelli. Where's the madness? Is he doing a madness? No, well, he's yet. doing keepy ups. So look I at mean, those it's shorts. In very, this is in such slow motion that it leads me to believe they didn't have that much footage and they were just like, let's just really slow it down. Yeah, I, I don't think they're allowed to use much. Um, so they're doing it in slow-mo, so it, it takes up more time. Oh, look, stretchy legs. All the players are warming up. Yeah. We, you and I are just looking desperately for Kieran Tierney's legs in, in, in those shorts. Can we see them Not anywhere? seeing them. Seeing a lot of Mustafi. Okay. Yeah. Oh, he is... Oh, that was the Martinelli madness. That must have it? been the madness. He did lob the ball over the what goalkeeper. What he did was he he chipped it over a goalkeeper. But there wasn't but a there goal. Wasn't there, a goal. Wasn't there was a goal. Say. Yeah. I think they were using a little mini goal. I mean, look, they seem to be having a nice time. They're running, doing some running, doing a drill. Is that the, that's Eddie and Ketia? Yeah, with Martinelli taking it back. Little one v one drill. Yeah. Uh, oh, goal. Oh, I don't even know who that was. I think it was in Kerry again. Now, Good in training. That's what we've heard. There's Hector. I mean, have you ever been to Dubai, Andrew? No. Is that no. Sabios doing a little... Sabios. Sabios does a, a good goal in training. What does it mean? Nothing. Nothing. Aubameyang, great goal into the near post. <gasps> Is that Lacazette scoring? What? Lacazette just scored a that goal. That could have been... Right, no, stop that's, everything. That's, that's special effects. That's CGI. They've done, they've done something in post there because Lacazette hit the ball and it went in the net. Yeah. Don't uh, know what that is. Pepe making Rob Holding turn around a lot. Ooh, quite good skill from Pepe. But then they cut away as if maybe he didn't finish Oh, it. good feet burned Leno. And now I've and got Lucas it. Torreira. Oh, I've, I've not got that because I'm on the official website. Have you got Lucas for it? Yeah, Torreira? Lucas for it. Tell everyone to subscribe. 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 Um, well, there you go. I mean, I don't think we learned... I don't think we gleaned a great deal from that. No, but I, I, I don't suppose that Mikel Arteta, you know, having got the chaps together out there in Dubai to work on things outside the um, the the sphere of this, uh, you know, schedule that we operate in on a, a weekly basis where you play, you recover, you prepare, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he's using this time to, to implement some new tactical tweaks, et cetera, et cetera. I don't suppose he's going to just let them broadcast it on Arsenal.com. No, I probably not. Even though it would help us with our podcast, I don't think he's going to do that. Um, but there you go. There's another reason to get rid of him. <laughs> Arteta, hashtag Arteta out. Let's get it trending. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. So there they are in Dubai having a lovely kickabout. So what I else? them in a way. Never thought I'd say that. It's been um, it's been quiet this week, and when it's an interlull, it's a little bit different. Um, but there you go. So what what what's happened? Has anything really happened? No. <laughs> I, I mean, genuinely, like I don't think it has. I, I'm trying to sort of think about what news there's been about Arsenal, and it's very flimsy at the moment. Uh, unless I'm being foolish, top stories. The top stories on news now for Arsenal are Arsenal fans noticed what Nicola Pepe did to Rob Holding during winter break training in Dubai. Some sort of wedgie, I would imagine. No, but there's probably just the video that we watched where he showed a bit of skill and you know went past him. 
and in fairness, we did notice that. Maybe that story is just about you and I. It's just come out very quickly. <laughs> Do you know um, what? It's breaking news. I have uh, on my news now. I've got um, so many sites blocked. Mm. that I can no longer block any more sites. So I don't see a lot of that, you know, um, Arsenal fans did this or Arsenal fans react to that kind of stuff because all the sites that peddle that kind of bollocks are blocked off my news now. And I have to say, life is better because of it. This is a great headline um, that you probably won't see, I'm going to venture. And it says, opinion, colon, Arsenal give an opportunity to sign ideal Meza Ozil replacement for 77 million transfer fee. Hang on a second. That's not an opinion. (laughs) (laughs) What is that? So the fact that the headline is, is just an opinion. It's couched within the idea that it's an opinion. That, unbelievably, is the top story. What? Um, Then it's Arsenal fans noticing what Nicola Pepe did to Rob Holding. Um, report claims Arsenal likely to reignite interest in player, 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 player allegedly keen on. I can see how that's done well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, and then just a load of other stuff about Arsenal fans urge club to do this or Arsenal fans. It's a whole category of article, isn't it? Where it's like stuff people have said on Twitter turned into an article. Yeah, exactly. The reactions of Arsenal fans to any tiny little thing become, uh, you know, uh, article fodder. But then that's why that's why you block those sites because mm. life is too short. You know, it's already too short for half the shit people say on Twitter, let alone when it's, you know, put into article form. Nobody needs yeah. that. Very true. So I, I mean, I don't... Uh, uh, genuinely very little has happened I think what Bern Leno said after the Burnley game was quite interesting where he was talking about you know the lack of unity in the team and how bad things got I suppose under Uno Emery yeah um, that was newsworthy it, it was it was and I don't think it will have come as a huge surprise but it's unusual I think what he was trying to do was like uh, show off the positives of what what's happening under Mikel Arteta, right? I don't think he was necessarily going, uh, sticking the, the, the knife into Unai Emery and what have you, but I just think by by what he said, um, he definitely did that, you know? And I think as well, he, he sort of uh, shone a spotlight on, on those above, um, which we might talk about in the second part because I think we got a, a question or two about stuff like that. But yeah, they definitely were uh, interesting comments about how we're we're a team now, which is, you know, pretty shocking when you consider you're supposed to be a team in the first place. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it doesn't speak it doesn't to speak, a, speak, it doesn't speak, speak culture uh, at Arsenal, certainly. And, you know, things are better now, which I guess is a positive, but mm. uh, they had to be. They really had to be. Uh, and I suppose other than that, I mean, the new signings have joined up with training. That's, I guess, sort of news. But, uh, I mean, really, it has been super quiet, which is what you would expect because it has been a holiday for the most part yeah. this week. James, can we just hang on a sec here? Because um, people listening to this will have noticed that they were getting some audio issues, which is not at your end, but at my end. So I'm just going to oh, just right. pause here for a second and see if I can do anything to fix it. I thought I had this problem fixed the other day. I had a big, long discussion with people on Twitter about you know various things to try. I think my computer could just be fucked. 
What what's happening? Uh, for, uh, well, we don't have to do this on air. You could tell me. No, I'll tell you now. Um, but basically, y- you sort of repeat things. Um, oh. It's sort of like you get stuck, kind of, just for a couple of seconds. Like a sort of uh, stammer or something. Yeah, but it goes a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit, and then you continue. It's not like you sound oh, like a no. um, like Elmer Fudd, kind of from the Bugs okay. Bunny things, but not quite. Yeah, it's it's a weird, strange audio feedback loop thing, which is really annoying. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to reboot my computer and we'll come back and finish off this part. Or maybe we should just finish this part now, should we? I think fr- let's finish this yeah. part. Let's close it down. Let's close it down, finish this part. Um, hopefully rebooting will fix it. I'm not that confident because I just rebooted before we started. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else I can try. Sometimes, though, when when you open up YouTube and watch stuff on YouTube, it 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 uh, precipitates this little audio oh, issue. So I don't know if it's right. a problem with. I don't know what the fuck it's a problem with, but it's driving me absolutely mental. I have to say well, because it's been going well, on for months. Well, let's try and fix it then, let's, so that you don't go mental. Go mental. Man. It just did it there. It just did it right there. Oh my god! I mean, oh. I might have been doing that, but. Uh, no, 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 I'm messing with you. I've been yeah. messing with you this whole time. You're unbelievable. Uh, uh, okay, let's let's close. Let's end part one. This was part one, everyone, and we'll be back, we'll be back, we'll be back. with part two right after this. That's what you say normally. That's it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome back to the Arscast Extra. This is part two of the show where we answer questions that you send to us on Twitter at Gunnerblog and at Arsblog on the Arsblog Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the Arsblog, and on the Arsblog Discord chat server, which you get access to if you are an Arsblog member on Patreon. Uh, just going back to that uh, audio issue, by the way, oh, yeah. I was explaining to James, uh, I have, I've tried literally everything I can think of changed all the equipment changed all the cables um, upgraded softwares all those kind of things and it turned it off and on again turned it off and on again countless times so if anybody out there has come across this issue or knows some way that I can fix it um, please please let me know because it's dri- <laughs> it is driving me to distraction. Because it's like when there's a mouse in the house and you can't find the mouse. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's exactly that. 
It's exactly yeah. that. And I've got and no... And you're going to destroy your house looking for this mouse. I am at that point, yes, mm. where my computer is the house and the audio issue is the mouse. And the only way, perhaps, to solve it is to go with at it with a lump hammer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, look, uh, please drop me an email or whatever if you know how, how to fix it. Um, right, questions. Questions, yes. questions. Let's start... Uh, with questions. You can go first. Okay. So this one, we had a few variations on this, but it's from Jamie on Twitter, at Jamie underscore TRK. Which pose should be selected for Arsene Wenger's statue? Uh, And I think this is off the back of a piece John Cross wrote, maybe, saying Arsene Wenger should be honoured with his statue. Uh, It feels like an inevitability, but what should the pose be? We might have done this before, but just wondered if you'd updated your thoughts at all. What the pose should be? Hmm. Mm. I, mean, I know what mine would be, I think. Okay. Um, I Mine's mean, I'm, go on. crouching forward, like touching his toes. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I, no, I don't know. One leg in the air, like a dog. Um, I don't know. What's yours? What pose would it be? I mean, I suppose I would, I would ensure that whatever pose it was, he didn't have to have a pole up his arse to keep him in it, like the, that would the be Dennis nice, Bergkamp but... one. Um, yeah. What would it be? Uh, I think I would go for the uh, the Arsene Wenger at Old Trafford, where he was yeah. sent to the stands, and they were giving him dogs abuse, and this was after he got sent to the stands for the heinous crime uh, of kicking a water bottle when a goal that we thought was... was it Would it have been an equaliser or a winner? I can't remember. I think it could have been an equaliser. Yeah, uh, I, I forget. But it I think was maybe an equaliser. Yeah, but and it he was, was disallowed to this crowd. Yeah, and he stood there with his arms out wide, like a kind of sort of messiah, kinda, but a bit like yeah. a kind of like what the fuck, Jesus. A what the fuck, Jesus. He was. He was a what the fuck, Jesus. I agree. Yeah. So Arsene Wenger in the what the fuck, Jesus um, pose. That would do it for me. Yeah, that would be mine too. I'm just trying to think, is there sort of an iconic Wenger celebration, um, you know, a moment that that would be particularly good? I mean, obviously him lifting a a Premier League trophy is not a bad idea, but then you've got to sculpt a trophy. I mean, you're making Mm. trouble for yourself there. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, if I think of the classic Arsene Wenger celebratory pose, I'm not sure if there is a specific goal this relates to, but it's like his hands outstretched, fists clenched and a sort of, you know, like eyes closed, head leaning back. I think he might have celebrated like that when Fabregas scored in Milan. You know, when we won 2-0 mm. in Milan and Fabregas scored for the first goal from range and he, he actually ran over and hugged Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. Um, but I think before that, he sort of span away in delight and that's quite a nice quite a nice look too. Mm. But, you know, he could go for something, you could go for something just a bit more sort of... Um, regal and uh you know the herbert chapman statue for example is not of herbert chapman doing anything is it it's just herbert chapman stood there standing there yeah yeah and i kind of think like wenger's got the presence and the authority to pull that off you know he doesn't have to be doing a 
oppose necessarily, just his, you know, his stance, his touchline stance, I think, speaks volumes for itself. Arsene Wenger trying to do up his big long jacket. I mean, jacket. that is the fear, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and will they sculpt him in the jacket? I can see the sculpt being like, well, it'd be a lot easier for me if I just put him in the massive jacket, to be honest. So yeah. should we do that? Yeah, um, let's do that one. I mean, speaking of uh, apparel and, and sports wear right. and things like that, um, Steve Miller... Um, who, yeah, he's a good band actually. Um, he is at Meven Stiller on Twitter, and he says, "Do you think Adidas should produce some Arsenal branded short shorts for the fellas who wear their shorts like little pants in training?" So if you if you remember back to that video that we watched. Um, 20 minutes ago of the, the fellas in Dubai, yeah. Aubameyang, Mesut Ozil, Mustafi, for example, all had their shorts kind of tucked up to make them short shorts, almost like yeah. old school running shorts or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sort of Alan Partridge would wear. It is kind of amazing that they choose to... What, why are they doing that? So for freedom of movement, breathability? What's the motivation there? I think to let some air... At their thighs. Right. Okay. Why do footballers pull their shorts up? Tan the legs. Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, but tan the legs. And when you get sweaty, the shorts get in the way of your movement a little bit. So you pull them up so you can move your legs more freely. This is Google's answer. This is Google's answer, Andrew. I won't have you poo-poo it. Google would never do us wrong, that's for sure. They never have and they When never would will. a massive corporation ever give okay. us information that was not to our benefit? The Express, the fine guys at the Express newspaper... Blocked on news together. now uh, by, by me. <laughs> I just want to make that clear. I've put together a whole article on this. Uh, uh, the Ex Express Sport reveals several possible reasons why Alexis Sanchez rolls up his shorts while playing training for Manchester United. Uh, this is the, they reveal several possible reasons. You, yeah. you Opinion. Only, you can... Opinion. The reasons. <laughs> Alexis Sanchez. Uh, so, comfort, number one. Uh, I mean, oh my God, so many adverts have started playing on this website. It's stressing me out. Much of Sanchez's game involves weaving in and out of tight spaces. Rolling up his shorts would result in less material to interfere with his <laughs> dribbling. <laughs> to interfere with his dribbling. Oh, yeah. Sanchez may think, right, so their opinion is he may think he has greater mobility when rolling up the shorts. Ah. Whether his game is really enhanced by this quirk remains anyone's guess. So that's, that's possible reason number one. Okay. I mean, incredibly, there are more reasons. Such Number as? Number two, superstition. <laughs> in, my, in the land of my fathers, they always said a man who wore the short shorts would score the goals. Yeah, yeah. Sanchez could be a simple case of hitching up his shorts. That could be a superstition. He says, John Terry used the same pair of shin pads for a decade. Well, they must be like... That's like the most evil artefact in the world. It's like in the new Star Wars where they have Darth Vader's mask. I think the Chelsea players probably have John Terry shin pads somewhere in the dressing room and they like they go and touch it before they go out and commit I, their I evil wonder, acts. I wonder did he uh, keep wearing those shin pads when he slipped and missed a penalty to win the Champions League? Very good question. Very good question. Um, Thomas Rosicki says never sang the Czech Republic national anthem as his youth team always lost when he did. Um, who knows? So the third reason... <laughs> 
iconic moments. I don't. Sorry, I was. My silence was because <laughs> I was about to sneeze. Well, it was an appropriate response. It just sort of says being a set piece taker, Sanchez could be channeling to tra- trying to channel his inner Ronaldo and ramp up the drama for millions of fans around the world. So, like in the build up to a free kick, he ramps up the drama by sort of pulling his shorts. Do you think? I, do you think he's also maybe trying to distract the wall? Maybe, maybe, like, like by teasing them. Yeah, know? they're going, look at those thighs. Is he just emulating Fabian Barthez, who, of course, originated this look when he fell to his knees and pulled his shorts up almost over that's, his shoulders? That's when he made those mistakes for yeah. to let Thierry Henry score goals. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and the final reason the Express propose is venting heat. Very simply, the higher the shorts, the cooler the legs. Well, you know, it's inarguable, that particular one, isn't it? But, you know, uh, these shorts nowadays are made from, you know, um, what's the word? All this, like, uh, high-tech... Paper or something. Yeah, yeah. high-tech nylon that sort of wicks sweat away from the thing. It's not like they're going out wearing sackcloth, which could, you know, in the hot weather, give you some solid chafing. No, I think... I mean, the thing is, I can see them making them for the players, but... A bit like the sort of skin-tight Puma kits. I'm not sure what fans are going to be wearing the short shorts. Do you see them taking off amongst supporters? Do you see people in the pub before the game <laughs> wearing the little Adidas short shorts? Well, I don't know. Maybe uh, test them out on the Welsh rugby fans. See how they go. That's true. Weekend in Dublin. in Dublin. See how you go with the short shorts and your rugby jersey. And after that, all bets are off. Fair enough. Uh, let's have another question. Okay. So... Ash, at the Ash Morgan, with rumours circulating that Ramsey may leave Juventus, would you take him back in the summer? Mm, We had this question on the Discord as well from Bittersweet Tim. Would you take Ramsey back from Juventus? There are rumours about uh, Juventus wanting to sell him this summer. Look, you know me. I was a very big Aaron Ramsey fan. Big fan. Loved the guy. Um, But I do think that if, having let Aaron Ramsey go for free to Juventus, we, as a club, a year later, pay them a substantial transfer fee for him on top of massive wages that we weren't prepared to give him in the first place, we would look, you know, a little bit silly. Yes, I think it would be crazy. We'd have to pay him what he's making now, which we didn't want to pay him before, Yeah. plus... I mean, God knows what the transfer fee would be, 30, 40 million pounds, maybe more. So, no, I mean, I I would be surprised if Juventus turned him over a year later, but they did it with Emre Chan. They flipped him, they bought him on a free transfer and they just sold him for 20 million or so. Oh, did they? I missed that. Well, he went on loan to Dortmund and uh, with there's an obligation, I believe. Right, okay. Yeah. See, that's Which is the- weird for me because I bought Emre Chan for Dortmund on Football Manager years ago. So I feel like he's just been there forever because he was such a stalwart of my team. It, it um, also shows that you are clearly ahead of the game here when yeah. it comes to talent scouting and uh, squad building. So Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, I think, Ramsey, you, you can't do it. I mean, we would. it would be great to have a player of that ability. Mm. It would be great to have that player. Wouldn't but, it? But for free. 
for free. Yeah, you know how we had him? It'd be great if that had carried on. Yeah. And we didn't have to pay a load of money for him. And we could and have, he's you know, 29. Kept he's going to be 30. I think the reason uh, Juve are potentially interested in selling him, according to these reports, is he keeps suffering with a lot of muscular injuries. Who could have, who could have guessed oh, that no. might happen? That's a fresh development. I know. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons he doesn't make sense. We need the new Aaron Ramsey, you know? Yeah. A new one, a fitter one, a younger one, a cheaper, cheaper one. one <laughs> Definitely a cheaper one. Okay, here's a question from the Discord as well. It's from mm. Tallyman. And he says, if the training camp only yielded one benefit to the team, what would it be? Goals or something more intangible? Mm, goals or something more intangible. Um, I, no, I think it would be goals. I think it would be goals. I think they've hit the nail on the head there. I mean, I think there were other, will be other intangible benefits, you know, maybe more uh, sense of coherence and understanding, better team spirit. Mm. But goals, goals is what we need, isn't it? I think it is. It's the next step in our, our you know, our, our quest for the mythical winning a game of football trophy. Sure, the end to all the draws. Yeah. Drawing, uh, drawing Arsenal. Uh, I mean, it's good to see that they have been doing some one-on-one drills and shooting practice because, you know, I, that's what we need. More shots, more goals. Um, I mean, this question is on similar lines from Griff, who's at Mr. Griffster. Uh, and Griff says, what formation or personnel changes would you expect to see after Arteta's training camp? Hmm. It's a it's a good question. I'm not sure we're going to see much difference in terms of formation. Right. Um do do you, do you mean just in terms of the pure numbers or do you, like as in do you think that the system will be the same or do you think that there might be tweaks within that formation, you know? So we've had the situation where it's the left back who overlaps, but not so much the right back. Yeah. Do you think that will retain, maintain the same? Maybe. I, I do think we need to find a bit more balance in that regard. I do know, like, you know, if one side goes forward, it makes sense for the other side to be a bit more conservative so you're not pulled apart, etc., etc. You know, mm. um, I, I, just, I wonder maybe if we might see a little bit more in-game shifting should we require it. You know, right. now that he's got his left-sided centre half... Could we possibly switch to a three at the back if we wanted to? You know. Right. Yeah. Um, but I don't really envisage too much in uh, too much different in terms of, of the, the general formation, the sort of platform that, that we've used for most games since Arteta took over. Uh, I, I think there may well be some tweaks in, in personnel. Um, going into this break, I was sort of convinced that he would... He would look for something different from Lacazette and Ozil in particular. Mm. And apropos of absolutely nothing or based on no knowledge or anything that we've seen, I, my, my gut feeling tells me that he might give them another go when we come back. Yeah, it's almost like the break might become not an excuse, but a, a justification for, well, look, I've had two weeks working with mm. these guys now. I want to give them you know, another chance. I think, you I know, want to give them a yeah. chance, yeah. 
I think so too. But I I do get the sense or get the feeling that if they don't produce, then he will be much more willing to to sort of make tough decisions there. Um, mm. But I guess you know there are intangibles as well when we talk about that. The, the, you know the squad togetherness, the team building, the everybody being on the same page, everybody understanding what it is we want to do. Did you see Mustafi's tweet? Yeah. Well, about what was it? What did he say? It was something. It was a picture of him and, and Arteta. Uh, Arteta sitting there, and I think they're both sitting on footballs. And Mustafi says something about oh, communication is the key for it's success key or, or whatever something, it might yeah. be. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, a bit of a, a bit of a dig there. Um, but look. We'll wait and see. I mean, the thing is, we can all and have looked at this first six weeks within the the very difficult context of of how it's happened and how it's gone down. But when you do take this break, when you do have a few days off, when you do have the warm weather training, et cetera, et cetera, you're expected. I think that people will be, if not a bit more impatient, but will be looking for better results. Um, I think they are already, but I think... Uh, you know, there'll be a greater expectation that we can start producing and start winning games um, when we come back. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of any specific changes. I mean, personally, I'll be really interested to see whether when we come back, it's uh, Matej Gunduzi or Lucas Torreira who starts in central midfield because I was surprised that Gunduzi got the nod against Burnley Mm. and um, I thought Torreira had been doing pretty well under Arteta until that point. So, yeah, that that's... And I think that's one that quite influences sort of a bit of the structure of the team and how we progress play. So that'll be a really intriguing one. And I think the other one is certainly Lacazette. You know, do we yeah. persist with him as the number nine? Is You know, because equally you could argue, well, he's got two weeks to, to tell Aubameyang what he wants from him as a number nine or yeah. or, or Martinelli or whoever else it, it might be. I mean, surely Aubameyang, but yeah, so it, that's the, the one to keep an eye on. But, but like you, my hunch is that he will, he will persist actually. I think he's, you know, he's clearly, he's clearly got reasons for picking those players and he's got a certain loyalty to them already at this stage. And I think he'll want to give them one more chance. Okay. Um, while we're on the warm weather training thing, we have a question from bum, 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 bum. Uh, Jim, who's at Jimmy17 underscore. And he says, if you could organize the warm weather training for one of our rivals, where would you send them? Which club would you send there? And would lasagna be on the menu? <laughs> I was going to say, I'd send Spurs to sort of, you know, the heart of the sun. Yeah. Um, just fire them straight into it and that'd be that. But where would actually be... I mean, I guess what you would do is you'd send them somewhere really cold and miserable, wouldn't you? Send them to Siberia, essentially. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, lasagna every day, I think, would have to be the catering choice. Which, which you know, you can send one right now, but which one would you send? Which team? Mm. <sighs> Uh, I mean, who are our big rivals? Sheffield United, from the way it's going. I mean, um, let me have a look at the table because I think we have to be cynical here. I think I would send, yeah, I, I would send Spurs, you know, because 
given the unlikelihood of us achieving anything significant in the Premier League this season, I think finishing above Spurs, you know, is 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 something that would make me smile mm. and chuckle again. Uh, so yeah, I think it would be it would be them, not the resurgent Everton. Uh, what about you? Um, yeah, it's hard to look past Spurs because you know we know we know what they are, but the, you know it also means that you get to send Mourinho somewhere too. True. So, um, can I can I ask you a separate question? Actually, speaking about teams we don't like, who are you hoping goes down? Who am I hoping goes down? Are there any teams down there that you're like? I'll be glad to see the back of that. Let me have a look. Because there's quite a lot of teams. I mean, there's six teams, I would say, who are in it. And they've all got, you know, strengths and weaknesses. But I just wondered if there was anyone who were like, nah, sack them off, get rid of them. You know, it used to be a case that I would definitely have teams like that that I would be delighted. You know, like Stoke, for example. like exactly. Like Leeds. Um who I was delighted to see. But, I mean, what's my beef with Norwich? I don't have one. No. Watford, they're all right. West Ham, like, that'd be kind of funny. Sure. Because of sure. the owners, you know. Not funny for Jack Wilshire. No. Um, Aston, he's got other things to worry about, though. True. With his, with his fitness. Um, Aston Villa, you know, Bournemouth, Brighton, yeah, Palace, Southampton. They're all harmless. You know. Let's keep these teams around. These are the teams You've got to go up to 11th. And that's Burnley. Burnley. Yeah, I know. We can, uh, we can but dream. Burnley, I but, would definitely like to see relegated for sure. Sure. Well, it is possible. They're level on points with us, so they're very much in the mix mm. um, <laughs> to go down. Yeah. Uh, look, you know, as long as we stay up, I guess. It, it is a weird one. I was thinking the same. I was looking at it and going mm. like, oh, usually there are teams that I hate involved in this, but mm. not really. Not really. Um, I'm going to Facebook. Uh, Danny Brett says, you only read questions from Twitter anyway. How about <laughs> how about a shout-out? No chance of a shout-out for you, Danny Brett, whatsoever. And Ivan Ho says, do you believe in forgiveness? We love you in Facebook. Um, and I do have a question here from Facebook. It comes from Toye Ade, who says, hi, gents. Who is the former Arsenal player you've kept tabs on the most since leaving the club? I've been following Cazorla's resurgence with a smile. And I did have a question from Twitter as well. Uh, how you like that, Danny Brett? Um, from Aravind Shetty, who's at Shetty Aravind, who says, how would you like to bring back Santi for a year? Oh, I would love it. I would love it. I don't think it will happen um, at all, but it would be a lovely romantic thing, even just mm. a game, to be honest. Uh, I'd love to see him at the Emirates Stadium again. But, you know, I, I think we could use him. I think he's a good player. Um, clearly, he's in the Spain squad and stuff like that. But uh, there are lots of reasons I don't think it will happen. What about no. you? Uh, it'd be nice, you know, if it wasn't all so serious. You know, if we didn't have like things to do, like win matches and and that kind of stuff. You know, it is a romantic idea, but um, yeah, it's 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 not going to happen. But there you go. No, there was something but else you mentioned. But I've forgotten. Uh, oh, which which Arsenal player do I keep tabs on? Mm. It's a good question, actually, because, you know, they're sort of like ex-girlfriends, usually. I just sort of try and shut them out. I like to delete them from all my social media, you know, um, in a lot of cases. But 
I think I've weirdly, I think I've sort of kept quite good tabs on Theo Walcott because I was sort of fascinated to see how he would get on at another club. And he's actually had a really mixed up and down time at Everton. But since Ancelotti took over, he has been back in the team and significantly better. Ancelotti's clearly a bit of a fan of him. And he said he got injured at the weekend and he said, oh, well, look, we don't have anyone else in the squad who can replicate. Walcott's qualities and uh, he said he hopes he's back as soon as possible apparently got so, a very good assist mm, at the weekend he scored at Watford the other week he's uh, he's in a decent run of form I mean it, fascinating player Theo Walcott in a sort of time in which you know we're lamenting a lack of goals and productivity in our attack you know we, he was often uh, criticised but you couldn't really that often criticises productivity. He was usually involved in stuff, wasn't he, in the final third? Unless I'm seeing it back through rose-tinted glasses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, anyone you keep track of particularly? Uh, no, I, I. well, I mean, the Jeff. Oh, did you see Thomas Vermaelen this weekend? No. What did he do? <laughs> I don't know if you saw this doing the rounds on social media, but there was a game in Japan where nine penalties in the shootout were missed. Uh <laughs> And and what, one were, were they blindfolded? Uh, it, honestly, it was incredible. It was like one of them missed, and then they all couldn't help themselves. They were just missing penalty after penalty. I think Thomas from Ireland's went over the bar. He's playing for uh, Vissel Kobe in the J League. Is that yeah. not where Podolski is? I believe it is. I believe it is. So I think it's a bit of a a reunion over there. Mm. Let's have a look at their squad. It's it's a it's a great squad actually. You've got Andres Iniesta, uh, Thomas Vermaelen. It's not Podolski. He's somewhere else, as far as I can tell. Okay, Who did Podolski play for. I'm pretty um, sure. Did Podolski not retire? No, Podolski plays in Turkey. He was at Vissel Kobe. You're right. And then in January, in the transfer window, just gone, he joined Antalya Spor in Turkey. On an 18-month contract. I mean, look, in fairness to him, he's having a great old tour of the world, isn't he? He really is. As a is. footballer. So he's done Germany, the Premier League, Japan, Turkey, guarantee within a year or 18 months. couple of years in MLS. Surely. Surely. He's going to play for the, the Kalamazoo Spartans. He, and he didn't run that much, you know what I mean? Like, as long as he can pull that left foot back, he'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, he can hit the ball. He, he can, can hit really the hit the ball. Mm. Um, so, yeah, he was at Vissel Kobe, but uh, I guess, you know, he's no longer there. Vermaelen is, um, Iniesta is, and a bunch of other names. A, a, a Brazilian forward mm. called, a Brazilian defender called Dankler, which is a name I enjoy. Okay. Didn't a guy um, get um, banned from football for life for getting his Dankler out after Newcastle <laughs> scored a goal? Well, <laughs> that was a, a fascinating celebration, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it certainly was. I, I really didn't know what to make of that, but um, there you go. He was just so, uh, channeling his inner Giroud, if you remember. There was that, uh, that, of course. that, that, that gif of Olivier Giroud doing his helicoptering his Dankler Absolutely. in the dressing room. Uh, and for Marlon's manager there is Torsten Fink, the former Basel and Grasshoppers 
boss. So there you go. There you go. Um, so that's what Vermalen's up to. Uh, you're you're keeping an eye on the Jeff, did you say? Yeah, the Jeff. I kind of think there's something there, uh, but he's got a cruciate injury. I think he he picked up a cruciate injury. Um, Fran Marita, Fran yeah. Marita. Remember him? Went ended up in Brazil, did he not? He did go to Brazil, but he of course is or was the the new Fabregas. He still is and always will be. Yeah. Um, but but he's had quite the um, quite the career trajectory. Uh, he's now playing for Osasuna. Ah, oh, in, in La Liga. So uh, been there for a few years now. So so there you go, Fran Marita. Great. Uh, this question mm. is from uh, Dawood at Caged Tweeter, a tweeter in a cage, which arguably is where they should all be. And uh, he says. With no January signings, don't you think some of our loaned-out players like El Nenny could have contributed more this season? Or could have contributed, rather, this season? But didn't we make two signings in January? I mean, I'm... Sure. Sure. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess uh, he means no permanent signings. You know, is it worth the cost of loaning in, you know, somebody when we could have had players already? I mean, who's out on loan? El Nenny's out on loan. Mkhitaryan, mm. Saliba we could have done with at one or two points, probably. Yeah, but that doesn't really count. I don't no. really count him because, he, you know, he's never played for us, so... And I don't think, you know, Maverick Panos and Smith-Rowe, they've gone on loans for very specific mm. reasons. And Smith-Rowe, impressing, from what I understand. Uh, yeah, but Maverick Panos, too. I saw a video over the weekend of him playing for Nuremberg. Um, it is Bundesliga, too, but, you know, he, he had a good game for them, apparently, so... So that's good. He needs to play. I mean, I think we, we all uh, were in agreement that, you know, he, he just needed to get some games under his belt and to stay fit. And hopefully, you know, he can develop and, and have a good loan spell. Um, what was the question again? Could Mkhitaryan have done something? He could have. I mean, he probably would have scored enough goals for you to not be able to really want to throw him out a window. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you go. Oh, yeah, he, he he was productive. Oh God, them fucking Mkhitaryan. Oh, what's it? Oh, he's just scored a goal. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, all right. And then it'd be like eight games without a goal, and then he'll score two in a Europa League game against you know FC Scrunch. Yeah, no, I I I I I'm glad we don't have Mkhitaryan. I am too. I am too. Uh, and and El Nenny. I mean. He's a body. Yeah. I don't think he was a, a bad player, per se. I think he could have done a job, but it probably would have been at the expense of playing time for someone like Joe Willock. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's the point of moving these guys, isn't it? That, that we gave that game time to academy players. And, mm. you know, if we kept Mkhitaryan, would we have seen as much as Martinelli? Stuff like that. Yeah. So, I, no, I'm not sorry that they're not here. And I expect... What did you write this morning? I saw a picture of El Nenny. Yeah, basically your... about what we... The way we could sell them in the summer and get some money in. Yeah, you well, know. that would be good. And it would feel like money for nothing at this point. Yeah, because... I mean, Mkhitaryan is making it very clear he doesn't want to come back. I think he's trying to burn the bridges so he can, uh, you know, make sure he gets a move elsewhere, a permanent move somewhere, um, which is fine, you know. I, I don't really have any particular issue with that so yeah. you know he's on 200 grand a week at Arsenal uh, and it's fair to say we haven't got value for money so you know get shot I mean I, yeah I, I 
I'd be interested to see what happens with El Nenny. He's what, 27 now, be 28 this summer. I would imagine he'll get moved on, but I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility that he's someone that Arteta would have a look at um, in pre-season. But yeah. We'll see. I think if, if they'd really wanted him around, he, he would be here. He would. OK, uh, Talking Arse, who's at Talking Arse, says, favourite sports movie? Favourite sports movie? And I saw someone underneath said, if it's not Space Jam, something's wrong. Mm. And I, uh, I think that's a very good shout. Space Jam is an excellent sports film. But uh, I'm probably going to have to say... Well, I, I have a theory that sort of the best sports films are boxing films, basically. Right. Um, there are loads more f- movies about boxing than movies about any other sport, so you, they sort of should be. So I'm going to say... The Champ. <laughs> the Champ. Uh, which one is that? Is that That's where Matt the, Damon? No, it's it was... Do you remember a TV show called... Fuck. Silver Spoons, I think it was called. Right. It could have been, like, way before Oh, 1979, time. The Champ, Zeffirelli movie. Is yeah. that the one you mean? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And he, he dies. The yeah, Champ yeah, dies. Yeah. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert. the little boy's sad. The little boy cries, and he's all like, Oh, Champ, Champ, oh no, please don't die, Champ. Yeah, that's the best movie, sports movie. The yeah. Champ dies. <laughs> um, no, I think it's uh, Raging Bull is my best sports film. Okay. Um, what's film. yours? Um, Slapshot, mm. which is Paul Newman. It's an ice hockey movie. I've not seen that. Actually. Um, and like, I haven't seen it for probably twenty years, but I remember it being really, really violent. And they had two they had twins. There were twins who were in it, and they were brutal. And it was basically just kicking the shit out of each other, you know, on on the ice hockey. I just really. Uh, like that movie I can't say stuff like Fever Pitch and that you know Um, no no, because I've never seen Fever Pitch have you not no why because just have you avoided it or I just you know I read the book obviously and I love the book and you know I know what Anfield 89 is all about I just I just never wanted to watch it I didn't want to experience that in the context of something else. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah, of course. Uh, it's not bad, I have to say. You know, it's it's a pretty decent version. It's not the book, but it's okay. Mm. Um, what's the, They made another movie, didn't they, which was like an American version of Fever Pitch about a baseball team. Maybe. They had, was John Cusack in it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, I've not seen that. But it's, uh, yeah, it's okay, the Fever Pitch film. I should have said that, shouldn't I? Favourite sports film. It's an Arsenal sure. one, but there, there you go. go. Okay. We got there. We got one final question on go this on. pretty much non-Arsenal related Arscast. It comes from yeah, Ronnie, yeah. Who, who is at Ron is great. Um, and he says, would you rather only answer, would you rather questions or only ever answer questions about predicting starting 11s? <laughs> <laughs> I would rather do the would you rathers every time. The starting 11 ones. I mean, we end up doing it every week anyway, don't we? Like, I'll drop my phone. What's the starting 11 going to be for the yeah. next game? But um, it's what's our best 11 is the worst, is the one that I'm like, oh man, I don't know. 
Yeah. You know, it's the old classic. It never goes away, though, does it? Like, if everyone is fit, what is our best eleven? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so people want to know. That's just the whole podcast should just be that. Okay. Um, I, yeah, would you on. rather every time? Yeah. Oh, would you rather's for me as well? Actually, uh, just uh, one more. I bought new football boots, by the way. I'm very happy with them. They arrived this oh, morning. Right. They're cool. What brand? Uh, Adidas. Okay. Predators. Nice. Yes, I've seen the advert. Predators. But, uh, you know, actual boots and not the ones with the little ankly bit, because no. Okay. No. Can't have What that. are they, like a little ankle guard things? Yeah, they have those now, but I remember, you know, when, when uh, I was a kid... Rugby players wore rugby, rugby boots. boots. Yeah, that's it. Um, you know, football players, we wore football boots. And rugby boots were those ones which had the ankle Higher. bit on them. Yeah, they had Agreed. those ankly bits. And, uh, you know, football boots, uh, no, I just can't bring myself to wear those. I mean, they're Astro boots rather than, you know, uh, regular um, football boots. But there you go. Uh, but just speaking of starting 11s, uh, Jono on the Discord says... What will be both of your starting lineups in FIFA 20 using Arsenal? Oh, okay. Uh, do you know yours? Have you done yours? I'll let you do yours. Well, yeah, I, 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 I'm because you play. play. Yeah, so Leno, Tierney, yeah. Louise, Socrates, Bellerin, Shaka, uh, Torreira, Martinelli on the left, Pepe on the right, and Aubameyang up front. That's mine. You, you've got uh, you've got one more player, I think. Oh, Ozil. Ozil, right. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and is and tell me where are the selection? Because I don't really play FIFA. Where are the selection dilemmas there? There aren't. I mean, you could use Lacazette as a striker and put Aubameyang on the left, which you do sometimes as well. Is, uh, is Martinelli any good on the game? Yeah, he's not bad. He's not bad. Yeah. But that's just what I'm using at the moment because you know sometimes my real life. Um. Issues with players bleeds into my future sure. selections. Sure, sure, sure. So Lacazette's out of the team. He's out of the team. I'm teaching him a lesson. Teaching him a lesson. Yeah. He needs to work harder in training and take his chances. I mean, as, as far as I recall, FIFA for me was just about getting all the fast players on the pitch. Is that still a valid approach? I think it is when you're as bad at it as we are. Yeah. <laughs> in the days of Walcott, it was kind of, you know... Give it to Theo. Get it, get it to Walcott and run up the field was very much my uh, Pe- approach. Pepe is fast. Pepe Bellerin on the right-hand side, that's a good, quick combination down down the right. Yeah. yeah. I would just be looking... Mine would be very similar, but I'd just be looking to squeeze in some speed wherever. Like, mm. you know, if Eddie Nketiah is fast, then let's put him at left-back or something. I don't know. That would yeah. be my uh, my style. Yeah. But, yeah. There we go. Um, so you're not playing FIFA 20? So we- no, I, I, to be honest, the PlayStation's there. It's plugged in over there. I'm looking at it now, but I think I've got a lot on my plate. If I start, I, I just worry that if I start playing games, then I'm just going to fall into that pit. Um, of playing games. Of playing games all the time, yeah. yeah. And then I won't I won't get enough done. Mm. But I'm, I, I admire your restraint that you're able to balance these things. Yeah. But when you've got a personality like mine, you have abstinences is key right but I have to say I play more Rocket League than I play FIFA now what is Rocket League Rocket League is basically football in cars 
Right. Right? So you've got, uh, you can play 1v1, 2v2, or 3v3. 3v3 is the, the sort of normal one. But you've got these cars, and you're inside a kind of caged arena, and your cars can boost, and you can jump, and you can fly, and you can drive up the sides, and you've got this gigantic heavy ball that you have to knock into the opponent's net with right. your car. Like, if there was any video game that could be made into real life and turned into a sport, Rocket League would be by far the most popular sport on Earth. It, There's yeah. no I mean, question it'd be very in my dangerous, mind. Presumably. It would, because you can actually, you know, destroy the other cars. You can explode them and shit like that. Um, Once they've exploded, do they come nah, back? No, they or? come back. Yeah, you come back. Okay. There's no death. And are you controlling all the cars in your no, team? just or, one. No, Why would you control all of them? How can you? Right, I see. See? So you play online, so it's, you know, you and some see, random okay. bloke against some a couple of random blokes. Great. Um, it is great fun, though. I'm not yeah. trying to tempt you into turning your PlayStation on. And I think... <laughs> I think You are to me. I'm Googling Rocket League. I think now. Rocket League is, is probably only about 12 quid to buy, something like that. I'm going to end cheap. up like Mesut Ozil, addicted to... What's his... Fortnite. Fortnite, yeah. yeah. Do you play that? No. Okay. I, I don't really understand it. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's it's the it's the first video game in history that has made me feel old. I tried right. to play it once. I sort of got the general idea of it, right? That you you parachute into a thing, and the the space that you play in gets smaller and smaller, and you it's last man standing kind of thing. Mm. But the, the first time I played it, there were people running around, and they were just just sort of building staircases and shit. And I was like, "What the fuck are all these people? What are they doing?" <laughs> and they're really good as well. And they're presumably. really good. Yeah, they know what they're doing. I'm going. Well, do I build a staircase? Well, is, oh, how do I build a staircase? And you're pushing buttons, and then some cunt comes along and shoots you. You're yeah. dead. So I don't yeah, get yeah, it. Yeah. I don't get it. But there we go. There we go. That's on me. That's on me. The kids, well, they know what that, they're I'll into. let you know if I play Rocket League. Someone said, some, someone asked a question about Rocket League recently on the podcast. So Did I they? might have to investigate. All right. We'll see. I remember looking at it and like, oh, I don't know what that is. So it's your fault, whoever sent that question in, if mm. I fall into this pit. Yeah, James and his Rocket League addiction, we can have a, yeah. you know, we'll do a special behind-the-scenes uh, storytelling podcast of your recovery when you come back from the Tony Adams Clinic for um, video game addiction. How about that? Okay, All right. that'll be lovely. Uh, well, we've managed to get through this particular half of the show without any of the audio issues. Really? Which is, yeah, which is fantastic. So that reboot oh. helped, and it does suggest to me that opening up YouTube might well be the cause of that audio problem. Interesting. But, I mean, you kind of have to have YouTube as well. It's yeah. hard to get through life without YouTube. It is. But on podcast days, you'll have to abstain. I will abstain. You have shown me the way. You are Thank the light. You. I am the light. I am the way. Lord, um, Lord help us. That's very blasphemous, isn't it? <laughs> right. Let's, let's let, end this winter lull podcast. We'll do that. We will be here on Friday with a look ahead to the Newcastle game and lots more besides. Thank you as ever for subscribing and listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.